Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Levin, our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. I hope you're well. I hope you had a good weekend. Wow, wasn't Donald Trump's speech invigorating? It was invigorating to me. And we'll spend some time on that later in the program. Not just playing it, but analyzing it. And uh, does anybody know who's Kathy Hochul? Or was it Hockle? Anybody know who Kathy Hockle Hockle is? It's spelled H-O-C-H-U-L. Now you're all running and to the internet and going to Google the name and so she's the lieutenant governor of New York, and she's the luckiest lieutenant governor in the world. You have to ask yourselves, how long can Andrew Cuomo hold on? There's two women now, and you know there's more than two. My problem with uh, Cuomo is not only what he's accused of, but kind of bigoted, don't you think? I don't think he hit on any guys, Mr. Producer, did he? Anyway, that aside, um, I told you, uh, I think it was last week, that the left wants to push Cuomo out so they can replace him with one of them, with one of their own. Maybe, yeah. Maybe the attorney general who's a reprobate. You never know. She's clearly gunning for him. But there's a number of amazing things about this. CNN barely covered this, but they had to pick up the ball this weekend. And say there was fake Tapper with the constipated look on his face. uh, Actually interviewing uh, individuals about his colleague's brother. I'm sure that was very painful, as you could see on his face. 
CNN cannot fix this. In other words, CNN promoted a porn actress. They promoted her vile, unethical, immoral lawyer. They were all in on Cuomo. They covered up the scandal in which he's responsible for the death of thousands of senior citizens in the state of New York and the city of New York. And so did the rest of the media. So will he be required to give his Emmy back? No. Shouldn't he? Yes. How about his publisher? Will, his pu- will their publisher take their payments? But no. Of course not. Hillary Clinton put out a statement today. I guess it took her a long time to write three sentences. The Democrat hit criticism is rather passive, as you can tell. Took Pelosi some time. Gillibrand took her a little while. All the Democrat women, all the Hollywood women, all the media women, now they're kind of stuck. New York Times has had to play catch-up, and they're, they're doing their best. But keep in mind what I said. At this point, they view him as expendable. As I said last week, they were using him as a foil against Trump and against DeSantis and other Republican governors. You have to wonder if uh, Fauci will now announce that, uh, that he was wrong. That the quintessential example of a governor handling this virus correctly was Cuomo. They have, they have a lot in common to Cuomo and Fauci, other than their ethnicity, of course. And that is, they're media whores. Can I use that word media, Mr. Producer? Is that okay? They're media whores. They can't read their names and titles enough. They can't, they can't receive enough awards from Hollywood and so forth. They can't appear on magazine covers enough. But Fauci's not even a politician, or is he? Or is he? Here's an article here. And I'm going to stay on this stuff even when nobody else will. And it's by Ed Marcy, and it's in hotair.com, but he's sort of cobbling together various events that have taken place. Washington Post. Now, we all know the Washington Post is not a newspaper. I mean, physically, it's a newspaper. It's also a digital platform, but it's not a serious journalistic effort. It's just not journalism. And it hasn't been journalism for at least 100 years. Logistical problems behind vaccination stall last two weeks. What? Update. Why are stockpiles growing while delivery rates decline? Ed Marcy. What vaccination stall, readers might ask. It's been very apparent, he says, in Minnesota, where appointment availability and participating pharmacies dried up last week before the worst of the storm hit and have yet to materialize almost a week after it passed. The media has seemed curiously incurious about the lack of supply. Today, the Washington Post, that would be Friday, finally reports pharmacies were expecting vaccine shipments, manufacturing with or weather delayed, that logistical problems kept pharmacies and states from getting their planned distributions, and that might continue in the next week. Here's what they said, quote, from the Washington Compost. Major pharmacy chains around the U.S. are supposed to be getting direct shipments of vaccine doses. One way the Biden administration is hoping to speed the immunization effort. Just see how the media slobbers all over Biden, all over the Democrats, all over the left. It's disgusting. They're so corrupt. But let's go on. 
But winter weather, manufacturing delays, and logistical problems have lately hampered the initiative, forcing some pharmacies to reschedule appointments or scramble to distribute vaccines they weren't prepared for. Now, if this were Trump, you'd be hearing more than this sort of passive language. They'd be all over TV, <coughs> excuse me, calculating the number of people who have died as a result of Trump's failures. But they don't do that with Biden, of course. The administration says very, very few vaccine doses were distributed to the direct-to-pharmacy program last week. Now remember, that was being done during the Trump administration, but it was also being done through the states. So the states would at least have some management control under federalism of what was going on within their states. Now that's according to a spokeswoman for the Department of Health and Human Services who pointed to an announcement by vaccine maker Moderna that some of its shipments were being delayed because of some hiccups in the final stages of production. Oh, I thought it was Trump. So the hiccups are understandable to a point. The polar vortexish weather that descended two weeks ago would have made shipping unreliable in some areas of the country, especially Texas, he writes. Manufacturers will experience momentary stoppages at times. Distribution channels will fumble occasionally, too. However, a stall of this magnitude and length across the board is certainly odd or at least noteworthy. And yet no major media outlets seemed at all curious about it. Not even when their own data should have led them to question the situation. The Star Tribune's data on daily vaccinations in Minnesota show a decline in daily additions to the ranks of the vaccinated that stretches back a full month, even while the state expanded the program to pharmacy chains. Now that decline in the rate of vaccinations began before the storm which never seriously impacted the roads in Minnesota and has continued after it. It's not that the demand has decreased either, but that the availability of appointments has evaporated. Even today, the only pharmacy chain making appointments at all is Thrifty White. Oh, they're going to have to change that name, Mr. Producer. Thrifty White? Oh, my goodness. They might want to change it to just White, you know, and drop the Thrifty part. I don't know. And most of that appears to be next week, further out, contingent on getting supplies. It's tough to look at this data and the lack of media curiosity and conclude anything other that these outlets have little interest in reporting on the poor performance from the Biden administration. Biden himself keeps insisting that we didn't have vaccines or a plan before he got into office. But at least here in Minnesota, the delivery rate of vaccinations was peaking as Biden came into office and seems to be declining ever since. Whether or no, maybe a media outlet will dig into this a little bit more deeply than regurgitating press releases about logistical issues now that we know the issue. Well, which media outlet would do that? Clearly not the Washington Compost. Philip Bump is not in any mood to attack his political hero. Jeremy Pivens, or what's his name? Peters over there at, over at the uh, New York Slimes. He definitely is not going to look into it. Update, he says, my pal Jim Garrity at National Review. Vaccines are getting distributed to the states according to the data, regardless of whether. So why are vaccination rates declining? Now, press, here I am doing your work for you. I'm pointing this out. What are you going to do about this? I know you were busy, very busy last week, chasing Ted Cruz in Cancun. You want to check into this? You want to look into this meeting? Where's Jim Acosta? Is he hanging out? 
with conservatives who then turn around and rightly boo him? I mean, there are a lot of media outlets out there. Does anyone want to check? Not, we're not checking this out. The only real reporter I can tell so far that we have on the, uh, on the White House beat is Peter Ducey. Can you name another one? And he's polite, and he's effective. But that's the question. As of the last two weeks, even before the storms began, there are serious delays in the pipe chain. Not because of a lack of vaccines, but because something is wrong in the Biden administration's handling of the distribution of vaccines. And notice Biden hasn't had a standalone press conference since he became president of the United States. Have you noticed that? Eh, whatever. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Are you worried about America's future? Times of trouble are full of reasons to despair. But those who built and have preserved our country didn't despair. So to do our part... We need to draw on the books, the history, and the ideas that gave our forefathers and mothers strength and inspiration. Hillsdale College was founded in 1844 to teach these very things, and it teaches them still today. We can all study these things, all with Hillsdale College professors right in our homes. Through Hillsdale's free online courses, we can study the history of our civilization, the wisdom of ancient and Judeo-Christian philosophers, and the writings of Shakespeare and Mark Twain. We can reacquaint ourselves with our Constitution. We can learn how the Constitution has been undermined, and more importantly, how it can be recovered. Friends, as we fight in defense of family, faith, and freedom, let us draw on the best of the past with Hillsdale's guidance to save the greatest nation on earth. Begin learning today at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. Very important to keep track of what's going on with these vaccines because you're being told a lot of lies now. The media are not following up. They're not giving credit where credit's due. Uh, But even more than that, it affects people's lives. And there seems to be a lack of curiosity, a complete lack of interest by the major media. Something's going on now with the distribution of these vaccines. It's not a matter of production. Production's ramping up as it typically would. So Biden's trying to take credit for that, even though he's done absolutely nothing. to. And what is with that look on his face, Mr. Producer? It is constant, isn't it? It's constant. Cringed. Uh, you know, stressed. Struggling. But this vaccination thing is very, very important. I know individuals who right now are at the top tier that people are supposed to be getting vaccinated, and they're not, including elderly and so forth. It's a disaster in Virginia. I don't know what they're doing with the vaccines. Maybe they're drinking them. I don't know. But there's some kind of a holdup in the distribution now. And what I'm asking the media to do, I mean, you have the Washington Post in Washington, D.C., right? You got 90% of the media sitting around in Washington, D.C. What are they doing? What are they doing? What are the media doing, actually? You've got this fool for a president who's going to drive up the cost of energy. You've got this fool for a president who's destroyed our immigration system. And what else has he done? You know, when you, when you 
talk the way he talks and his administration talks the way they talk about immigration, it is so reckless and dangerous for these kids now. May I use the word? You're inciting lawlessness. You're inciting coyotes. You're inciting kidnapping. You're inciting uh, the, the sexual advantages and, and the molestation of little kids by, uh, by uh, strangers. Where's the media? I'm sure they're going to go down to the border there and figure all that out. You know, while we have the National Guard surrounding Washington, D.C., I'm starting to have a different view of this, Mr. Producer. You know what it is? Are they surrounding the Capitol to keep the public from seeing the representatives? Or basically to force the representatives to be imprisoned while they're they're supposedly doing their work? I look at it that way. Maybe they're jailbirds or something. But I've always had the view that the Capitol should be moved to the southern border. I've always had that view. It should be moved to McAllen, Texas. Washington, D.C. Everything that's in Washington, D.C. should be moved to McAllen, Texas. Right on the border, baby. So these fools in Washington, D.C. can experience what it is they're unleashing on this nation. I I think you'd need more than 5,000 National Guardsmen. I think you'd need 50,000 National Guardsmen to protect them then and to protect the buildings and all the rest. But they don't give a damn. And so Biden is embracing every radical agenda item, whether it's critical race theory, whether it's open borders and so forth. You know, the other day I had this surgery. It wasn't major. Surgery, surgery. To deal with this deviated septum that I've had apparently since a kid. And I definitely can breathe a lot better for the libs. They're there. Oh, damn it. But anyway, and I got to talking to this magnificent doctor. And I said, look at this. Whether it's your heart, whether it's a deviated septum, whatever it is, we have access to the greatest health care on the face of the earth. While we may get annoyed with insurance companies and paperwork and so forth, Ultimately, we get the care that we need. Ultimately, we get the medicines that we need. Even if you need to be a squeaky wheel, whatever it is. Folks, there's not another place on the face of the earth where this happens. I don't care if you go to Western Europe. I don't care where it is. There's not another place on the face of the earth, and they want to destroy it. We have the most beneficent, tolerant, diverse society on the face of the earth, and they want to destroy that. We have the most generous immigration system on the face of the earth, and they want to destroy that too. I'll be right back. Are you worried about America's future? Times of trouble are full of reasons to despair. But those who built and have preserved our country didn't despair. So to do our part... We need to draw on the books, the history, and the ideas that gave our forefathers and mothers strength and inspiration. Hillsdale College was founded in 1844 to teach these very things, and it teaches them still today. We can all study these things, all with Hillsdale College professors right in our homes. Through Hillsdale's free online courses, we can study the history of our civilization, the wisdom of ancient and Judeo-Christian philosophers, and the writings of Shakespeare and Mark Twain. We can reacquaint ourselves with our Constitution, 
We can learn how the Constitution has been undermined, and more importantly, how it can be recovered. Friends, as we fight in defense of family, faith, and freedom, let us draw on the best of the past with Hillsdale's guidance to save the greatest nation on earth. Begin learning today at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. Mark Levin, America's passionately cerebral voice. Talk with that voice now, 877-381-3811. I think he's getting on a plane. He told me last, he came in to see me last event. And representatives, uh, Shirley Jackson Lee, Al Green, Sylvia Garcia, Lizzie Pinelli, uh, uh, excuse me, Pinell, and uh, what am I doing here? I'm going to lose track here. And uh, uh, Mayor Turner. What are they? Can you get a funding? It goes track. They have an idea. It costs when if you they just gave you gave them. We, the the withdraw bringing U.S. home troops from home. And 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 the the the. But resist, we much, we must, and we will much about that be committed. I, 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 I'm, I'm a warrior. <laughs> um, you know, the, the, that, it was, the, 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 I mean, they, 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 they said that. Look, the, 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 yeah, the, lives are stripped. Was it him? Well, I, 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 I didn't. If we, if we, you know, it, it uh, you know, it, 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 it. We can walk and chew gum. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go. You know the, you know the thing. True international average of pressure. Been impeached for inciting the erection. Donald John, Donald John Trump incited the erection insurrection. <laughs> Well, let's continue to add, Mr. Producer. What am I doing? I'm going to lose track here. That's the next one. But we're going to need a lot of uh, a lot of data space in order to to include all this. And here he is on Univision Friday. That is uh, Biden and uh, Dr. Jill, of course, by his side. Cut to go. Uh, Mr. President, in the five weeks you've been in office, you have been taking many actions to revert. Uh, Trump administration's anti-immigration policy. But today, the Washington Post reports that your administration has plans to open tents at Del Rio, a a town close to the border. Can you confirm that? Well, I I can confirm. There's over 70, right right now, there's thousands of immigrants, uh, thousands of unaccompanied children coming across the border. Mm -hmm. We've been able to place a significant number of them in in licensed facilities throughout the shelters. country, shelters throughout the country. But oh, by the way, they, the the puppeteer there is Jill. Uh, Joe is the puppet. Go ahead. Opened up one, one that was a former uh, one used in the in the administration, in the last administration, 
Our hope and expectation is that won't stay open very long, that we'll be able to provide for every kid who comes across the border safely to be housed in a facility that's licensed. And this administration... Wait a minute, who's that? It's Joe Biden. Oh, go ahead, Joe. Humane way. And that's really important. I mean, we want to make sure that these children are safe, that they get mental health services, they get physical health services, they get education. So we are really concerned about these children. I know, but you're the ones who started this, Jill. I call you Jill. I think I'll call you Jill. Unless you call me Attorney Mark, I'll call you Jill. The reason all these children are now being sent by their parents to come across the border, being brought over by coyotes, is because of you people. And just because you say you want to make sure they're safe and get mental health services and so forth means nothing. You people lie. You lie to get into office, then you lie after you're in office. But look what she said. All of you parents out there with your children still at home, if not every day, most days of the week, because of the teachers' union, they want to make sure people who come here illegally, their children, get mental health services. Are your children getting mental health services? Physical health services. Are they getting physical health services? They get education. Are your children getting a decent education for all the property taxes you're paying? No. No, they're not. And so... There's an additional question by Ilya Calderon of Univision. Cut three, go. For how long uh, is the administration planning uh, to have the kids in this, these facilities? Not only the tents that uh, you mentioned. Uh, so let's be clear. Biden now has tent cities and portable containers in which they're putting children. Not a cage, portable containers. So Obama-Biden came up with these cages because they wouldn't secure the border. And now they've come up with tent cities, and portable containers. Now imagine if Trump was using portable containers and tent cities. You'd never hear the end of it. You hear all the reporting by the phony media in this country? Of course not. You hear almost nothing about it. Almost nothing about it. Go ahead. Also, the other facilities that look like portable containers, or I don't know how can you call them, uh, but really brings bad memories from 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 the kids in cages, and how is it different from... Well, from it? well it's much different in terms of much we have people different. there helping them. Oh, they have people there helping them. Unlike the Trump administration that was starving them to death, letting them sleep in their own feces. What is this? What is this? What kind of fraud is this? They've created a huge problem, a human pandemic on the border, and it's going to get much, much worse. Much worse. You want to know Why? Because they announced today that they're trying to find the parents, even out of the country, and they're going to let them come into our country to follow the children. Now, what do you think is going to happen? What do you think is going to happen? Central and South America and other parts of the world. They're going to send more of their children here because the policy now is to find the parents in these other countries, bring them into our country to unite them. This has nothing to do with immigration. That's not immigration. Immigration, the thinking behind immigration from day one, was that people come into a country in an orderly fashion that our government, representing the citizens of the United States, get to decide who comes in, under what conditions, 
and what the requirements are. That's not what's happening here. We don't know if somebody has COVID. We don't know if they're terrorists. We don't know who's bringing these kids in. These kids are coming on their own. We don't know anything. And now we're trying to find the parents and bring them into the United States. And then what happens after that? The parents are here. The kids are here. Story over. No, the story's not over. You're going to have one generation after another of DACA. Well, these kids didn't come here and their decision, no fault of their own. Legalization. Then what? Chain migration. Literally scores and scores of people based on one person here can then follow that kid into the country. This decimates a society, absolutely decimates it, and I'll tell you why. Even under the best of conditions where you have assimilation, we don't have that anymore. We have critical race theory. We have claims of white privilege. We have attacks on our own society from American citizens. And when people come into this country and they see that, not all but too many, they join in the fun, attacking the very country that's here. Look at Omar. Perfect example. Look at Talib and her parents coming here. So we don't have assimilation. We have disassimilation. They've created a very sick culture. We're bringing more and more people into a very, very sick culture. And rather than people coming into this country and assimilating into our system, you can see the balkanization, the tribalization that's going on with these various theories, critical this theory and critical that theory. You can see how it is supported in our school systems, in our colleges and universities, in our government, by the Democrat Party, in the media, in sports. The only lousy people on the face of the earth are apparently white, straight Christians. But you can see how a society destroys itself. If we have no respect for ourselves and people aren't taught to have respect for us, to cherish our founding documents and the people who created them, to cherish the people who came before and created this society, whomever they are. But what do you expect people to do when they come into the country illegally, they're treated like first-class citizens, where citizens are treated like second-class citizens. And then the rule, not the exception, but the rule is to trash your own country. That's what people are learning when they come into this country. But that's, that's the goal, isn't it? Obama let the cat out of the bag with fundamental transformation. That's the goal, isn't it? As I've said over and over again, it's now being repeated by hosts on Fox. It's now being repeated all over the place. And that's okay. It's about power. And not just power. It's about empowering the Democrat Party. Remember, I've said it over and over and over again. We exist, the country exists for the empowerment of the Democrat Party. A one-party system. That's why they try to shut us down. We're not legitimate. Our comments aren't legitimate. We don't see the light. We haven't joined their effort. We're Republicans or we're non-Democrats. We're conservatives. We're constitutionalists. We're regressive. We're throwbacks. And so, to silence us is righteous. To deplatform us is righteous. Because we're in the way. We're in the way of the more perfect utopian society. I wrote about it in Ameritopia. 
And in order to counter us, we need to bring additional people into the country who perhaps can be brainwashed, who perhaps will support that party and therefore outnumber the, the voices who are objecting to what the Democrat Party is doing. That's what's going on here. As I've said a thousand times, if the people coming across the border become citizens and eventually vote, if they were voting two-thirds or three-fourths Republican, there's no way the Democrats would support that. No way. If mail-in voting resulted in Republican victories, there is no way the Democrats would support that. Period. Always keep that in mind. This is a party about a party. This is a party that puts the party first, like the Communist Party. You got that, Phil? You got that, Jeremy? I'll be right back. Mark Are you worried about America's future? Times of trouble are full of reasons to despair. But those who built and have preserved our country didn't despair. So to do our part, we need to draw on the books, the history, and the ideas that gave our forefathers and mothers strength and inspiration. Hillsdale College was founded in 1844 to teach these very things, and it teaches them still today. We can all study these things, all with Hillsdale College professors right in our homes. Through Hillsdale's free online courses, we can study the history of our civilization, the wisdom of ancient and Judeo-Christian philosophers, and the writings of Shakespeare and Mark Twain. We can reacquaint ourselves with our Constitution. We can learn how the Constitution has been undermined, and more importantly, how it can be recovered. Friends, as we fight in defense of family, faith, and freedom, let us draw on the best of the past with Hillsdale's guidance to save the greatest nation on earth. Begin learning today at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. The Democrat Party is growing increasingly, you can call it Marxist or fascist, it really doesn't matter, totalitarian. They're very angry at the parliamentarian in the Senate because they want their $15 minimum wage imposed on the nation. This H.R. 1, S. 1 voting bill, which we're going to really dig into this week, we really need to pay attention to this. This is an effort to grab once and for all all authority from all the states to impose a California-like voting system on the nation, which will be, of course, a disaster. And the media are all behind it, as they're all behind things Democrat, claiming, you know, more access and so forth. It's just an appalling, appalling sort of thing that's going on here. And uh, we have to keep an eye on this, and we will. And we will. But that's what's going on. You know, it's amazing, the story about Khashoggi and the... uh, and the new king, the young king of Saudi Arabia, ordering his death. And the media are very upset about this, and that's understandable to a point. Because he used to write op-eds for the uh, Washington Post, among other things, and objected to the crown, that is the monarchy there. He was also quite radical. I know you're not allowed to say this, and you come under attack, because the media circle the wagons around the media. But he had an, a, a sympathy for, or an empathy for, uh, the Muslim Brotherhood and organizations like that. I went back and read some of his stuff at the time. But that's not my point. My point is Joe Biden criticized Donald Trump 
when Donald Trump took out Soleimani. Soleimani, who was a head, the head of, in effect, the, uh, the terrorist wing of the Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran, who's responsible for the death and maiming of thousands of American soldiers. And Biden criticized Trump for taking him out. But they leaked this information, this intelligence information, on, uh, on the king of Saudi Arabia, about Khashoggi. And you know why they did that? Because they're trying to now weaken our ties to Saudi Arabia and strengthen our ties to Iran. You see some neoliberals, I'll call them neoliberals because they like to throw around the word, neoconservative. You see these neoliberals dressed up as populists on radio and TV from time to time who trash Saudi Arabia and defend Iran? Neither of them are good. But geopolitically, Iran's a greater danger. Now, you can't tell that to Rand Paul or some other people, but it's true. Iran is a grave threat. And um, so Soleimani's taken out and Biden criticizes But they leaked this stuff on Khashoggi. They put that information out. Again, for the purpose of weakening ties to Saudi Arabia and strengthening ties to Iran. They have everything backwards, these people. But in the basic problem we have here is the totalitarian mindset that I talk about that the left has. And it's only gotten worse and it's exposing itself. I'll give you an example. Senator Ed Markey really is a radical nutjob from Massachusetts. And he was on MSNBC today. And he is pining for an opportunity, as are all of them, to get all the checks and balances and firewalls out of the way so the Democrats can impose their will on the country. Whether it's immigration, the minimum wage, removal and control of guns, whatever it is, speech control. They want complete authority to act, even though the Constitution doesn't give it to them. Thank God. They intend to roll the Constitution. They intend to breach the Constitution. I told you there's different types of tyranny. There's tyranny of the sort we saw in the attacks on the courthouse in Portland, night after night for 100 nights. There's tyranny that we saw on the attacks on the White House three days in a row, requiring the president's family to go to the nuclear bunker. There's the tyranny that we saw in the attack on the Capitol building, which they want to blame on Trump, had nothing to do with it. But then there's the tyranny of those who meet as a Congress and try and destroy our limits in our constitutional system. Go ahead, cut seven. Manchin has said pretty publicly he doesn't want to vote to, to get rid of the filibuster, and you need every single Democrat right now in a 50-50 Senate to do it. So how do you, how do you get that done? Well... See, I think it's going to unfold as a story, not just of the minimum wage, but also gun safety laws, um, voting rights laws, immigration laws. And he goes on and on and on. We must get rid of the filibuster so we can ram through every damn thing we want with 50 senators and Kamala Harris. They don't even have a clear majority. Doesn't matter. You're watching the unraveling here of a society and you're watching the imposition of totalitarian minds.
is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, Well, I felt that President Trump gave uh, quite an invigorating speech yesterday at CPAC. Maybe some of you didn't hear it. Maybe all of you heard it. I also thought Ron DeSantis on Life, Liberty, and Levin was absolutely terrific. I mean, this is, you know, this is our side, the side of liberty, the side that that loves this country. When you hear the left talk about America, they hate it. Not a damn good thing about it. So let's jump into this. Let's do a little bit of this. Trump slammed away at radicalism and socialism. Cut 21, Mr. Producer, go. We will be united and strong like never before. We will save and strengthen America, and we will fight the onslaught of radicalism, socialism, and indeed, it all leads to communism once and for all. That's what it leads to. You'll be hearing more and more about that as we go along, but that's what it leads to. You know that. We all knew that the Biden administration was going to be bad, but none of us even imagined just how bad they would be and how far left they would go. He never talked about this. We would have those wonderful debates. He would never talk about this. We didn't know what the hell he was talking about, actually. (laughs) His campaign was all lies. Talked about energy. I thought, I said, you know, this guy actually, he's okay with energy. He wasn't okay with energy. Wants to put you all out of business. He's not okay with energy. Wants windmills, the windmills. The windmills that don't work when you need them. Joe Biden has had the most disastrous first month of any president in modern history. That's true. Already, the Biden administration has proven that they are anti-jobs, anti-family, anti-borders, anti-energy, anti-women, and anti-science. Now, stop right there. That is one of the greatest lines ever. Don't you think, Mr. Producer? So tight, so substantive, so easy to understand, and so true. So true. Anti-jobs, anti-family, anti-borders, anti-energy, anti-women, and anti-science. That sums it up beautifully. Go ahead. In just one short month... We have gone from America first to America last. You think about it, right? America last. There is no better example than the new and horrible crisis on our southern border. We did such a good job. It was all worked. Nobody's ever seen anything like we did. And now he wants it all to go to hell. Yeah, it's true, isn't it? And the media covering for him. The media covering for him. Cut 22, go. He revoked the executive order cracking down on deadly sanctuary cities. He has effectively ordered a shutdown of ICE, halting virtually all deportations. Everyone, murderers, everybody, no more. Let's not deport people. 
and restricting our law enforcement professionals, and they are great professionals. You have many of them represented here today from conducting almost any immigration enforcement of any kind. The Biden policy of releasing criminals into the U.S. interior is making America into a sanctuary nation where criminals, illegal immigrants, including gang members and sex offenders, are set free into American communities. They have no idea who's coming up. And remember, with the caravans, these countries, not only the three of them, but many, many countries all over the world, they're not giving us their best and their finest because they're intelligent. They're not giving us their best and their finest. Remember I said that. I said that a long time ago when I made the first remarks when I came down the escalator with our great future First Lady. Who says hello. Who loves you as much as I love you. But I said that a long time ago, and we turned out to be 100 percent correct. Biden's radical immigration policies aren't just illegal. They're immoral, they're heartless, and they are a betrayal of our nation's core values. It's a terrible thing this happened. And if we had a real media in this country, which, of course, we do not, they'd be down on the border and they'd see the horror. And they'd be reporting every single day and night about the horror rather than sitting in their offices in Washington, D.C., or not even in their offices, in their basements, virtually working. They'd get out of Manhattan. They'd get out of Georgetown. They'd get out of Beverly Hills. And they'd see exactly what's going on down there. This open border stuff is deadly. And it's deadly to many of the people they claim to care about, and they don't. For them, it's just another political issue. Continue. Cut 23. Go. One of the most craven acts by any president in our lifetimes. It's the teachers union. It's the votes. And it shouldn't happen. And I have nobody has more respect for teachers than I do. And I'll bet you a lot of the people within that union, they agree with everything I'm saying. Even the New York Times is calling out the Democrats. The mental and physical health of these young people is reaching a breaking point Tragically, suicide attempts have skyrocketed, and student depression is now commonplace and at levels that we've never seen before. The Democrats now say we have to pass their $1.9 trillion boondoggle to open schools, but a very small part of it has to do with that. You know where it's going. It's going to bail out badly run Democrat cities, so much of it. But billions of dollars for schools remain unspent from the COVID relief bills that were passed last year. So on behalf of the moms, dads, and children of America, I call on Joe Biden to get the schools open and get them open now. It'd be a great thing to do. How refreshing. No wonder they tried to destroy this man. How refreshing, common sense, straightforward, charismatic, Really. And you miss him. Now let's move to number 25, Mr. Producer, since we can't replay the whole speech. And this is very important, and when he's done, I want to comment on this. Cut 25, go. We believe in patriotic education and strongly oppose the radical indoctrination of America's youth. It's horrible. 
We are committed to defending innocent life and to upholding the Judeo-Christian values of our founders and of our founding. We embrace free thought. We stand up to political correctness. And we reject left-wing lunacy. And in particular, we reject cancel culture. We know that the rule of law is the ultimate safeguard. And we affirm that the Constitution means exactly what it says, as written, as written. They want to change it. They want to change it. They want to get rid of it, frankly. We believe in law and order, and we believe that the men and women of law enforcement are heroes who truly deserve our absolute support. We don't defund the police. We are not defunding the police. All right. Excellent. Now, he says later on, he talks about, and he focuses in on something we've been doing here for the last many months. We haven't talked about the Dominion voting machines, although the Democrats did prior till November. They were talking about the machines and how they were not reliable and on and on. And I noticed the Dominion voting company, whatever company that is, hasn't sued a single Democrat or media outlet that pushed this, NBC, PBS, and all the others I reported. How come they didn't sue them, Mr. Producer? Anyway, that said... The fact of the matter is, and you know this because you've been, you've been with me here for a bit over the years, particularly the last few months, that the changes that were made in Pennsylvania, the changes that were made in Wisconsin, Michigan, Georgia, even where the Republicans are in charge, and the changes that were made in Arizona as well, were unconstitutional. I call on the Washington Post and the New York Times, CBS, NBC, and ABC, CNN and MSNBC. I call on all of them. Prove me wrong. How am I wrong? You don't want to discuss this issue, do you? You never do. You never write about it. Maybe you'll get some crackpot professor now and then to try and work their way around it like Lessing or something I'm asking you a question I'm asking the media a question how am I wrong each state shall appoint in such manner as the legislature thereof may direct a number of electors equal to the whole number of senators and representatives to which the state may be entitled in Congress that's the language The Supreme Court of Pennsylvania, the governor and the Secretary of State changed the laws in Pennsylvania unconstitutionally. The executive branch in Michigan changed the laws in Michigan unconstitutionally. The executive branch in Wisconsin changed the laws in Wisconsin unconstitutionally. The executive branch, Republicans, yes, but who cares? In Georgia, a consent decree, a weak, 
Rhino Republican agreed to a Stacey Abrams deal for a consent decree. That's unconstitutional. It's not the state legislature. And it fundamentally altered the way voting occurred in all four of those states. And this is why the president is rightly furious. And yes, when you change the, the rules in these states unconstitutionally, why do you think the Democrats did this? Why do you think they did it at the urging of the Biden campaign and the DNC and Democrat surrogate organizations? Why do you think Mark Elias and Robert Bauer and other lawyers, hacks for the Democrat Party, were organizing these cases and were involved in every single one of them? Why do you think they had hundreds and hundreds of lawyers in these states early on? They made these changes. They couldn't get them through the Republican legislatures. And so they had to come up with a strategy, and they did, and they implemented it, and they succeeded. And now we're told, don't point it out. I will point it out to my dying days. You either believe in a constitutional system or you don't. And now they have this H1S1 bill that would federalize our elections. And they say, well, they're federal elections. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. The states are in charge of determining how elections are handled. Not the federal government, even in federal elections. Even in federal elections. In fact, at the conventions... See, somebody needs to read this stuff. The media aren't going to read that. The, the Associated Press has a whole article today, a whole wire story, which is so appalling... Just falling right in line. I'll give you the first few sentences right here. Brian Sladasco, an idiot. As Congress begins debate this week on sweeping voting and ethics legislation, Democrats and Republicans can agree on one thing. If signed into law, it would usher in the biggest overhaul of U.S. elections law in at least a generation. House 1 resolution, Democrats' 791-page bill, would touch virtually every aspect of the electoral process. Strike. Listen to how he writes. Striking down hurdles to voting erected in the name of election security. Excuse me? Curbing partisan gerrymandering. What? And curtailing the influence of big money in politics. No, they're not. Every time they pass a phony reform bill, it outs the Democrats. Republicans see these very measures as threats that will both limit the power of states to conduct elections and ultimately benefit Democrats, notably with higher turnout among minority voters. You see, that's the setup with the biggest news service in the world, the Associated Press. That's the setup. It might as well have been written out of Pelosi's office or Schumer's office. The Democrats want to nationalize the elections so they can control the battleground states, Turn them purple and then turn them blue. And that's the end of it. That's exactly what's going on. They know what they're doing. I know and you know. That on top of immigration and other steps that they're taking. Remember what I say. It's not just about power. It's about empowering the Democrat Party. Empowering the Democrat Party. This is what they did in California. That was the Petri dish, and it worked better than they thought. 
And I would tell this clown who dresses up as a reporter, this left-wing Democrat hack, Brian Sladowsko, obviously, sir, you don't believe in the Constitution or you're unfamiliar with it. Obviously, you're a front for the Democrats because you know exactly what they're doing. And so I would put this question out to him and the Post and the Times and all the rest of the reprobates, the frauds, Democrats dressed up as phony journalists. I would put this question out. Why wouldn't you want signature verification? Is that racist? Signature verification? Really? Why is harvesting votes weeks after the election? People being paid to go out and collect ballots that haven't even been cast yet. Why is that a good thing? Why is that helpful? Why is mailing out millions and millions of ballots nationwide in these various states, I guess, to addresses that are wrong, to people who are dead, to people who have moved, multiple mail, in other words, without really any way of knowing what you're doing? Why is that a good thing? I just named three of them. I'm happy to debate any of you reporters. I'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. The uh, H1 and S1, what the Democrats want to do to the voting system, it has nothing to do with minorities, it has nothing to do with the integrity of the vote, the opposite. They're stereotyping minorities. What, minorities can't vote in person? They don't have identification like a driver's ID or utility bill? The absurdity of this. You know, all these government programs... For people with all backgrounds, all races, speak different languages, you've got to fill out paperwork. You have to identify who you are. When you file your taxes, it's a little bit complicated, wouldn't you say? There's a lot of things you have to do in this society that require you to actually get off your ass and show your ID. That's all in-person voting is. Get off your ass, go to your local church, Go to your local school, go to your local whatever, bring your wallet or purse with you, show your driver's license, and vote. This has now been called racist. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. 
tough as hell. That's why I like Mark Levin. And I'm not sure a lot of people like him. He's tough as hell. But I like him. I love him. Call in now. 877-381-3811. You know, one of the things here is if they discuss a topic, I can't necessarily discuss it in one tight segment. Sometimes one hour leads to another hour. And that's one of the great advantages of this format, a three-hour program. And so sometimes if you don't if you don't listen into that as we bleed into the next hour and so forth, you'll miss that. But that's okay. We also have the podcast, so you can always circle back. And I would encourage you to go ahead and download the podcast at marklevinshow.com, marklevinshow.com. That's the mothership, the main website. Then you click on Audio Rewind. It's at the middle top of the home page, and that'll take you to the podcast page, and then you pick your podcast platform. Most people seem to like that Apple podcast, but it's up to you. And we've worked hard on that podcast platform. I should say on the podcast content, tightening it up and so forth. And uh, I, think, uh, I think you'll enjoy that too. If we're tape delayed or we're preempted, as we are in cities like Chicago and so forth, you might want to listen to the podcast. The president yesterday at CPAC cut 26. Go. Even if you consider nothing else, it is undeniable that election rules were illegally changed at the last minute in almost every swing state with the procedures rewritten by local politicians. You're not allowed to do that. And local judges. They want more time. They want this. They want that. All done by local politicians or local judges as opposed to state legislatures as required by the Constitution of the United now States. Now, let's stop right there. This, is, this has been my bugaboo. I, this is what I've been arguing now for months. But that said, as I listen to him, I think of this. Can you tell me where Republican governor or Republican secretary of state made last-minute changes in their election laws in defiance of, say, a Democrat or even a Republican legislature for the purpose of helping their candidate? Donald Trump, there's not one example that I'm aware of. Not one. Not one. Go ahead. Numbers that are massive. These aren't little numbers. These are numbers that in each state is a transformative number. It changes the outcome of the election. Yep. And it's not close. Regardless. So in other words, what he's saying, if the media is confused, I'll put it in my words. In Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan and Georgia, the election was stolen. Forget about counting ballots. It was stolen because of the changes that were made by the Democrats to help the Democrats. Unconstitutionally in Article 2, Section 1, Clause 2. I am prepared to debate that with anybody. Anybody in the media any executive in any broadcast company, I am prepared to debate that right now. There's simply no question about it. Go ahead. This should concern you as a constitutional matter. And the Supreme Court, again, didn't have the guts or the courage to do anything about it. And neither did other judges. He's right. And Democrats even admitted... In Time Magazine. Let's stop a second. Ben Sass? 
or Little Ben Sass, as he's now known, I guess. So where, uh, where is he wrong in that regard? Where am I wrong, Ben? You like to pretend to be a constitutionalist. Where are we wrong? Tell me. Romney? Collins? Murkowski? Toomey? There's another one in there, his name I don't remember. Whomever? Oh, Burr. He's on the way out, he doesn't care. Where is he wrong in that regard? Where have I been wrong in that regard? Call me. We'll have an honest debate on this. Call me, where is he wrong? Not wrong at all. Not wrong in the least. The Associated Depressed, the Washington Compost, the New York Times, he's not wrong in the least. You'll write this up as Mark Levinsta. I asked you a simple question. Where is he wrong about this? When it comes to this specific point on this narrow issue, where is he wrong? Everybody knows what happened. Everybody knows who did it, and everybody knows why it happened. Everybody. Everybody knows the court's majority didn't have enough guts to take it up, and that would include Barrett, and that would include Kavanaugh. With the head of that group there, Roberts. They let the nation down, and they did not uphold their oath, and they did not show fidelity to the Constitution, and they did not put their foot down and say, wait a minute, it says legislature. Legislature. And they've opened up now Pandora's box, because you can only imagine now what state officials are going to do, whether they're elected or not, whether they're bureaucrats, whatever they are. You can now imagine what's happened. They've opened Pandora's box. And they've had two opportunities to shut it, before the election and last week. And these six conservatives on the court, don't you love the propaganda from the media? There aren't six, quote-unquote, conservatives on the court. First of all, conservative is a philosophical-slash-political word, and philosophy, not ideology, philosophy. We're talking about constitutional originalists. You don't interpret the Constitution as a conservative, a libertarian, a a leftist. You interpret the Constitution based on what it was originally intended to say. Originalism. There are different kinds of originalism, but it doesn't matter. At least you're making an effort to apply the correct approach to interpreting the document. Go ahead. Which is, I would say, on the liberal side. That they couldn't, they just couldn't hold it in. They had to brag about it. Because what they did... He's talking about this piece in time that we went over at great length. 6,500 words. Where all these reprobates and these Democrat organizations and the front groups and all the rest of them got together in order to do exactly what we're talking about in part. Changing the election laws, among other things. So it's... It's all out in the open. He's not making it up. It's all out in the open. The press reported it. It must be true. And they're bragging about it. And so now they had a little bit of taste. They've, they've destroyed California. You couldn't elect a Republican there statewide if your life depended on it. The state of Ronald Reagan and Duke Majin and Pete Wilson can't elect a Republican statewide. And I can remember... 
really, during the election of even George H.W. Bush. I can remember the argument back then was, how will the Democrats ever win the presidency again? Well, they figured it out. If they get a foothold somewhere, they're going to change all the election rules, they're going to change all the immigration rules, they're going to do everything they have to do. And it worked. Now the question is, how can a Republican win the presidency? Now you and I, we don't change the fundamentals. We don't look for unconstitutional ways to gain power. We are endlessly and constantly defending the Constitution. We are defending the process. They are constantly attacking it and undermining it. And if you dare to say anything about it, oh, you must oppose minorities voting. Since when? Since when? It's destroying the election system. Destroying the integrity of the vote. Something that minorities support. Because the suggestion is by the Democrat Party is if you don't support them, then you don't support Democrats voting. That's absurd. Barack Obama won the presidency twice. And we didn't destroy the voting system. Go ahead. Brag about it. They couldn't do it. You got to read the story. It's a disaster. It's a disaster for our country that we can allow something so corrupt to happen. Read that article. Almost every advanced, and by that, civilized, industrialized society in Europe that tried mail-in voting has ended it. For all the reasons we saw in this last election. But that's why the Democrat Party supports it. They don't care who votes as long as they win. They don't care how many times they vote as long as they win. How can you oppose signature verification unless you're corrupt unless you're so th- how can you oppose signature verification unless you're corrupt well they're corrupt i'll be right back love in What do you think, Mr. Producer, when Andrew Cuomo eventually resigns? Maybe he'll join CNN with the other dummy? I mean, with uh, his brother? And I think he'll do very well over there. Maybe he'll replace Jerry, uh, Jerry. Tubin. What's Tubin's first name? Jeffrey. What happened to Jeffrey? Well, we know, but where is Jeffrey? Jeffrey, are you out there? Hopefully your pants are on. But anyway, uh... Maybe he'll become CNN's legal analyst instead of Jeffrey Tubin, Mr. Producer. You never know. Yes, uh, so many uh, possibilities out there for a, uh, a Democrat pervert. There just are. It's just the way it works. Could run for president, maybe. There's a congressman I was unfamiliar with. He's relatively new. His name is Byron Donalds. This guy is good. Keep an eye on this guy. He's African-American. He's conservative. He represents... Uh-oh. I think he represents an overwhelmingly white district, Mr. Producer. Maybe all those white supremacists were... lied to? Maybe they didn't know? Anyway, uh, here's Representative Byron Donalds on Capitol Hill Saturday night. Cut 15, go. For our friends in the media, I do want to apologize. I actually left my mask in my office. Why do I bring that up? Because it's important that in our capital, we start talking about the things that are real. 
and not the things that are fake. You see, I already had COVID-19. The attending physician in this very capital gave me the antibody test last week. I still have it. I'm not spreading anything. I forgot my mask. The reality is, if you have antibodies, you're actually okay. The other reality is, is that the President of the United States, the Vice President of the United States, the Speaker of the House have all been inoculated. They have the vaccine, but they still wear their mask anyway. The reason they do this is because Washington is accustomed to fan dances. Washington is accustomed to doing fake things that don't matter. What the media will never tell you is, last year, $4.1 trillion was appropriated to battle not only coronavirus, but to get our economy back on track. A trillion dollars of that money still has not been spent. Stop. This is what I'm pointing out, too. $4.1 trillion appropriated already for this virus, the vast majority of which has never been used for this virus. And there's still $1 trillion of the $4.1 trillion that's unspent, including $60 billion for schools. $1 trillion out of the $4.1 trillion in supplemental funding has not been spent, and this is in addition to the $4.5 trillion federal budget. Now let's look at the numbers. A $4.5 trillion federal budget, $4.1 trillion appropriated because they said the virus, $1 trillion of the $4.1 trillion has not been spent. They want to spend another $2 trillion on top of it, and then $2 trillion more on infrastructure. You better hold on to whatever you have that's tangible. Because once this is done, it may not happen in the first year, the second year, but something's going to happen, and it's not going to be pretty. And it's going to affect your lives and the lives of your children. Your hard-earned savings. They're pissing it away. Go ahead. About to vote on in a couple of hours. Only $500 billion goes towards either COVID-19 or money to help the American people. That's it. $1.5 trillion is waste. $1.5 trillion is going to pay for bridges in New York or underground tunnels in California. Things that have nothing to do with the coronavirus. So again, out of the $2 trillion, the $1.9, but it's $2 trillion, $500 billion has some relationship to the coronavirus. That's 25% of the $2 trillion. The rest of it has absolutely nothing to do with it. Nothing. Have you heard this from the media? No. Go ahead. One other thing I want to point out is that some of our Democrat colleagues on the other side of the aisle, they know it's wasteful too. But the reason why you're going to see them vote for this bill is because they don't want to have to run for re-election without the support of Nancy Pelosi and the DCCC. You see, that's real. That's what's actually happening up here at Capitol Hill. And my hope is that the Times and the Post and everybody else in the mainstream media actually report those facts. You see, the American people are being taken advantage of in the nation's capital. They will tell us that 70% of the American people support this bill. But if you actually talk to Americans in their everyday life and you tell them that $1.5 trillion will never see their business, never see their pocketbooks, never go to address COVID-19, they would never support Well said. This guy's good. Um, Let's see. We're going to keep an eye on him. 
You agree with me, Mr. Producer? All right, we'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Let me ask you a question, America. We have a relatively small number of troops in Iraq, very small. And we have a relatively small number of troops in Syria, very small. For a lot of reasons. Um, And if the Iranians from Syria attack our troops, resulting in the death of I believe a contractor. Should we ignore it? Would you ignore that, Mr. Producer? Would you ignore that, Mr. Call Screener? Would Ronald Reagan have ignored that? I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't, and I will not praise Joe Biden, because he's a weak man doing a very horrific thing to his country. But I'm sure the military determined that we needed to strike back. We needed to show the Iranian and the Syrian regimes that we're not going to put up with that. So why is that a neocon Washington think tank conspiracy? Why is that a neocon or Washington think tank conspiracy? It's not. There's an element in our society that actually seems to have an affinity for the regime in Iran. I can't explain it. I can't explain the regime or the affinity for it since it's a grave threat to us and our allies and continues to make that clear. Just bizarre, really. Okay. Middle class. You know, I don't like this class stuff. That's Marxism. But we'll play along just for the fun of it. Middle class. Hardworking Americans out there. Joe Biden is driving up the cost of your gasoline, of your electricity. And he's also going to impede on the supply, which has been plentiful up till now. Energy independence under Donald Trump. Energy dependence under Joe Biden. He just signed a whole bunch of executive orders that makes it clear that's exactly what's going to happen. He's unleashed a bunch of radical no-growthers and degrowthers, which I've written about also in Plunder and Deceit. He's unleashed them on our society into the bureaucracy where they have regulatory power. And the vast majority of the laws under which we live, ladies and gentlemen, do not come from Congress, but they come out of the bureaucracy. 
faceless bureaucrats trying to tell you how to live, where to live, and if you live. And this is where the authority is flowing. So the Democrats want to change the election system so they're permanently in charge, and their army of bureaucrats are permanently doing their dirty work. That's what they have in mind. And here we have in Politico, Biden hikes cost of carbon, easing path for new climate rules. This whole thing is and always has been a scam. Now, what am I talking about? Carbon dioxide is not a pollutant. Any third-grade science teacher will tell you that carbon dioxide is not a pollutant. It wasn't a pollutant before. It's not a pollutant today, and it won't be a pollutant tomorrow. Any of you who breathe, you take in oxygen, you exhale carbon dioxide. I'm not talking about carbon monoxide. I'm talking about carbon dioxide. And thank God you do, because the plants effectively use carbon dioxide and create oxygen. Do you know we have more plant life in the world right now than we did 30, 40 years ago? 30, 40 years ago. Now, if the planet is getting warm, it is getting warm by such an infinitesimal amount that it doesn't matter. Moreover, there's not a damn thing we can do about it. Because as much as we think that our automobiles, our breathing, our cows, whatever, are creating global warming or climate change, ladies and gentlemen, we don't even have the capacity to do that. Ultimately, the sun determines what Earth is going to be, whether it's hotter, cooler, or whatever it is. It's the sun. It's not you. And yet, the climate religious freaks, what should we call them? Whatever it is. They believe this stuff, and they're in charge. But here's what Biden's planning to do. In addition to shutting down Keystone Pipeline and other pipelines, it's going to shut down other pipelines. In addition to purposely driving up the cost of fuel by driving down its supply, by removing oil rigs and other forms of energy production from federal lands, and the federal government controls almost 30% of lands in the continental United States, actually more than that when you throw in Alaska, including a lot of these open areas where, of course, is where the natural resources are. Well, you're going to be in for a problem. We all are. You've already seen the price of gasoline go up, what, half a dollar? In some areas, it's going to go up a lot more. Energy independence, two months ago. And you can see what government can do, how it can be so damn destructive. Almost nobody he's appointed has any experience in the areas that they want to regulate. They're all into abstraction and theory. Political Biden hikes cost of carbon, easing path for new climate rules. Now, what does this mean? On Friday, he restored an Obama-era calculation on the economic cost of greenhouse gases, a step that will make it easier for his agencies to approve aggressive actions to confront climate change. So basically, they're cooking the books. They're cooking the books. So they're making up figures about the cost of carbon on society, on the economy, on the environment. They have no idea if there's cost or no cost. 
in order to set the regulatory stage for choking off energy production. And I want you to keep something in mind. This is a particularly nefarious area of regulation. Air, water. Because if the federal government can control your air and your water, the federal government has you by the short ones. It really does. They can control anything. They can control what you drive, how much you drive. They can control home building, how big your home is, where you live. Because it's all under, you see this pandemic issue where the governors, well, if you have a climate emergency, which is what they're trying to push, then the federal government gets in on the act and they can do pretty much whatever they want to do. The price point is temporary. They have jacked up this price point. A new interagency working group on the social cost of greenhouse gases is required to issue a final number by next January. So he loads up this group that he creates with a bunch of left-wing radical hacks who know exactly how to game the system because they were probably there under Obama. And so they want to create a hysterically high number on the cost of carbon and then regulate the hell out of us. Their enemy is fossil fuels. That's their enemy. Now, when you watch Joe Biden and you listen to Joe Biden, he has no substantive knowledge about any of this. When you watch the radicals, they're the radicals. Most of them are Marxists. That's what they are. Their ideas are imported from Europe. And climate, so-called climate change, is just a means to an end. In almost every one of their declarations and manifestos and at their seminars and all the rest... They talk and act like Marxists. A living wage, health care for all, redistribution of wealth. It's almost always included in their manifestos. So this is what they're about. It's a war on capitalism, a war on republicanism, a war on private property rights, individualism, free will, mobility. In other words, everything this nation stands for. It's not about polar bears. It's not about the air and the water. It's about controlling you. All of this is about controlling you, bullying you. They want a nation of followers, a nation of people who will do what they're told, and then somehow we'll get to the promised land. Well, we never get to the promised land. Look at every society in which this has been tried. It it winds up a human catastrophe. Look at Venezuela. It's not just about climate. It's not just about the economy. It's not just about Marxism. You lose your liberty. You lose your property. You lose your ability to work, to feed your family. You lose everything. Because the centralization of government is not about the people. It's done in the name of the people, but it's not about the people. It's about the power for the party that's in charge. That's what it is. And they take their dreams and their ambitions and their imaginations and they impose it on you, whether you like it or not. You are dehumanized. You're not viewed as a human being. You're part of a mass. The masses. The workers. That's what you are. Groupthink. Indoctrination. Brainwashing. 
repression of other voices, repression of other ideas, an attack on free speech, an attack on freedom of association. You see it. You see it with the media. You see it with big tech. You see it with proposals coming out of the Democrat Party, attacking the First Amendment and free speech and freedom of assembly. You see it with demands that cable carriers drop conservative networks. You see it with campaigns to get rid of certain hosts off radio and TV. We don't do any of this. They do. Carbon. We didn't have carbon in this country. We'd be a dead planet, this country. If we didn't have carbon on the planet, we'd be a dead planet. Greenhouse gases. Ooh, greenhouse gases. Guess what, ladies and gentlemen? Without greenhouse gases, we die. The smallest element in greenhouse gases is carbon dioxide. You know what the biggest element is, Mr. Producer? Condensation. Condensation. I've written about this, and I've talked about it. I'll give you an example, a practical example. I think that's like the fifth time in my career I've used it. But people come and go, so still. A stadium of 10,000 people. Let's say that represents the atmosphere. 10,000 people. You know what part of that represents carbon dioxide? Four people. Four out of the 10,000. They haven't figured out how to regulate condensation yet. They haven't figured out how to tax condensation yet. Or to persuade you that condensation, a.k.a. water, is a pollutant. Somehow water is a pollutant. So for 30 years they have banged it into your head that carbon dioxide is a pollutant. The Supreme Court, the bastardized Supreme Court, in a case called Massachusetts versus EPA, a 5-4 to four decision where Massachusetts had no standing whatsoever. They grant the, the state standing, and then they rule that the Environmental Protection Agency, if it chooses, can treat carbon dioxide as a pollutant. They won't get in the way. No, no, no. So they give out standing where there's no standing. They know exactly where this is going to end up. And all of a sudden, we're regulating carbon dioxide under the Clean Air Act when the Clean Air Act doesn't even apply to carbon dioxide. Look how they cheat. They cheat at everything. Look how they cheat. Look how they lie. Look how they propagandize. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine, full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. 
Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Follow the science. Carbon dioxide. The China virus. Ladies and gentlemen, progressives cannot follow the science, even though they claim to be the ones who follow the science and the statistics and logic. They're ideologues. Ideologues don't follow science. Ideologues get around science, or they'll embrace it if they think it will achieve what they want. Follow the science. This is what they say all the time. Have they followed the science in these dark blue states and cities during the course of the last year? No. No, they have followed fascistic and Marxist techniques against their populations. Do they follow the science when it comes to so-called climate change? Of course not. Climate change is a religion. It's not a science. You have hundreds and hundreds of scientists, experts, who reject the idea of the warms or the earth is warming, or that man is affecting it, or that it's warming at such an extent that it even matters, or that there's anything we can do about it. It's all over the map. And yet the government only funds those voices who advance the radical agenda. Is that science? Tell me, what is that in a woman's womb? It's a fetus. I didn't ask you to give me the the cover name for it. What is it? What is that? Is it a human being? I think it's a human being. Follow the science, right? No, don't follow the science. It doesn't get the left where they want to go. That's not science. Open borders allowing illegal aliens into the country. We don't know if they have COVID. They're not tested for COVID. They're not wearing masks. And yet that's exactly what Biden's doing. Is he following the science? Of course he's not following the science. The science would require him to stop those people and turn them away. That's not science. Follow the science, they say. Well, let's look at high school sports. We have biological girls now competing with biological boys who claim to be girls. Now, Is that following the science? No, that's not following the science. So the so-called progressives and their party almost never follow the science. They almost never embrace knowledge and facts. They're advancing an agenda. It's that simple. It's that simple. Shutting down the Keystone XL pipeline and other pipelines. Is that following the science? When it's the most efficient, the cleanest of all manner in transporting oil and natural gas? Is that following the science? No, that's not following the science. Our schools are closed because Democrats in teachers' unions... Don't want to go back to work. Now, that's not all. I got it. But I'm talking about the ones who've been resisting, trying to shake down the taxpayer for even more. Now, we know that the safest place to be 
is in a classroom with little kids. Are they following the science? Of course they're not following the science. I've heard about enough about them following the science and you and I being knuckle-draggers. No, they're the knuckle-draggers, and we embrace the science. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America, now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. Love him, or hate him, or really, really hate him. The Great One is on the air at 877-381-3811. Yes, Biden's for the little guy. We've had thousands and thousands of blue-collar workers, mostly union workers, fired as a result of his policies. Well, the border's wide open for the little guy. He's driving up the cost of fuel for your vehicle. For the little guy. He refuses to pressure these unions to open the schools so you can send your kids. For the little guy. He's now botching the distribution of the vaccine. He is. He is. For the little guy. He's destroyed girls' sports in high school. All you guys and gals out there with a, with a kid, a girl in high school. Wrong time, I guess. For the little guy. Now, if they can just change the voting system, pack the court, eliminate the filibuster rule, they've only just begun. They're creating paradise on earth right here for themselves. Terry, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the great WPHT. Go, sir. Mark, first of all, before I talk to you about what I want to talk, Jackie Wilson, higher on your bumper music. I love it. That was excellent. I love it. He was called. He was called Mister Wilson, Mister Jackie Wilson, and he should have been back in the day. You got anyway. It. <laughs> when right Biden ahead. signed, when Biden signed the thing to shut down the pipeline, they said to a friend of mine, "Where do you see the barrel of oil price skyrocket?" Mm-hmm. One month later, it went to sixty. Now it went up two dollars a barrel again. This month, or February. It's not done. Not and even it, close to done. No, Wall, Wall Street now is predicting $100 a barrel. Now, when you take that and you go to the store to do your shopping, everything in that store is going to reflect on the price of diesel fuel and gasoline. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
these people elected this guy, you're going to have almost $10 a gallon gas in two years. And I'll now, I don't you, know if it's going to be $10. Who knows? But it's going to be significantly more than it is today. There's no question about it. Uh, and by the way, that hurts us from a national security perspective. The cost for the military goes up. It improves the, uh, the situation for enemy states uh, like uh, Iran, other countries in the Middle East like Russia. Uh, they're going to benefit mightily from price increases, and we're going to rely on them more and more. This, this radical left agenda, and Joe Biden is pushing it. He's no man from Scranton. And what a joke. He's from Scranton. He never goes to Scranton unless he wants to pretend to be a blue-collar guy. He's never had a blue-collar. And the fact is that he is, uh, you know, it took decades and decades to create energy independence. Decades with fracking and other investments by the private sector. Decades to get to where we are today. I can remember back in the 70s when OPEC was threatening us, when we had every other day and, and gas lines, forgetting gas and all the rest of it. Wind. I think Gerald Ford had wind buttons and stuff like that. We re- it, it really pushed us back on our heels. Here we have energy independence. And now these kook, phony environmentalists that push their radical agenda, that attack, attack fossil fuels, for crying out loud. That is the ear. They have Joe Biden's ear and the Democrat Party's ear. And they're going to put God knows how many people out of work. They're going to drive up the cost for everything that is trucked. They're going to drive up the cost of everything, as you pointed out, is produced, which is almost everything with oil. It resonates throughout the economy. It's utterly unnecessary. This is an ideological thing. And he pretends he stands with the people. And those people who voted for him who are not rich, especially minority communities and so forth, they're going to get hurt the most. But the Democrat Party, it's clear to me, has iron fist control over these communities. They just voted against a president in many respects who did more in these communities than Barack Obama ever did. Anyway, I took your time, Terry. Anything else? Mark, that's all. But why? I said one more thing. North and South Dakota should become sanctuary states, and then they can keep laying pipe until the government takes them to the yeah, The problem is the pipe uh, goes over certain properties that typically include federal properties, and also they're interstate, so the government has a say on these things. I mean, this is really since the 30s and 40s, and again, the Supreme Court created a real mash of rules and regulations. But in any event, uh, the trajectory when it comes to our court system is left-wing. That's the bottom line. I mean, we can talk about the courts all we want. We go to the courts, we never seem to get our day in court, and when we do, we often seem to lose. All right, Terry, good call. Thank you, sir. Let's go to uh, Dave, Los Angeles, California, 870 The Answer, the great KRLA, where we are live and national. Go. I think the name is Steve. Hi, Mark. It's a pleasure uh, Where are we, Mr. Uh, call Screener? It says Dave. Is your name Steve? My name is Steve. That's who you're talking to right now. Well, I'm going to call you Dave just because I, I can. Go right ahead. Okay. Okay, Mark. Uh, right, I Steve. have a couple of questions. Yeah. It's about a previous segment. 
although with respect to the segment you just were talking about, I, I just wonder where we would be today if John Rockefeller was precluded from laying down pipelines in around 1870. You're exactly right. There'd be no industrial revolution. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Anyway, Mike, too quite Mike. We'd be point. freezing to death. In the sun, we'd be freezing to death in the winter, in the and sweating to death under unbelievable heat, in the hottest days of the year. We wouldn't be able to have uh, all the things that come with oil, like electricity. In most cases, it, it would be a complete disaster. But these people believe in this. You you have no idea who these people are because the media do not expose them. Anyway, go ahead. Well, my question is really about a previous segment on mm-hmm. HR right which I have. I have not read. Well, it's uh, only 700, almost 800 pages. Having listened to you for um, uh, for several years, thank you. I, I always turn the pages to the uh, Constitution, mm-hmm. and in, in Article One, it, uh, the Constitution seems to give some sort of uh, global power to the Congress with respect to senators and representatives. But, uh, elections, but there is no. Of course, we know there is no such thing in Article Two for the presidency. Let me, let me ask you a question. When the uh, when they wanted to change how states select senators, what did they do? Did they pass a statute? They amended the Constitution so. yes. of the United States. 17th or the 16th, it's one of those two. It's the 17th Amendment to the Constitution of the United States. Right. In other words, Article 1 didn't give plenary power to Congress to do whatever it wanted to do. If you're going to alter the, the power structure in the United States and seize all this power from the states and bring it to the central government and bring it really to Congress, you think, I mean, they can just pass a statute and do it? And the reason we have an amendment process is you can't amend the Constitution without three-quarters of the states here now, 38, ratifying. But notice how they keep talking. We want to get rid of the filibuster rule because they they can't get around a supermajority in the Senate. We want to get around the parliamentarian because they don't want to respect the rules of the parliament. We have a guy, the Cedric Richardson, or whatever his name is, he says the other day that... uh, we're not going to wait around for Congress on reparations. We may do it ourselves. Is that, is that what the Constitution says? We're not going to wait around for Congress? A president might do stuff himself? I mean, fundamentally alter the legislative and checks and balance process? So this is what we're dealing with. So well, to answer your question, if Congress wants to change fundamentally the voting system in our country, it needs a constitutional amendment. But you can be sure they're not going to do that, and you can be sure they're relying on the weak, cowardly Supreme Court justices to hand them what they want. And along those lines, uh, I, I recall the uh, phone call in, that was given to, made to you earlier in uh, later in the, in 2020 from the Pennsylvania legislator, right. who called you and said uh, told you what was going on in Pennsylvania. And I believe she said, the legislator said to you something. No, she actually responded to me. I was telling everybody what was going on in Pennsylvania because, among others, my wife was litigating there. And I had spoken to the president pro tem of the Senate there, who was weak as hell. And she called in and she, she agreed with me. 
Yes. So the the, the whole point is there's not uh, when you hear somebody say, Mark, Mark, what should we do? You wonder what brains are, exist in some of these legislatures. No, you're right. Now, some of them are trying to push back. And what I'm trying to explain to them and to Rand Paul and others, it's not just a matter of the legislatures taking their authority back. Because the same courts, the same governors are going to do it to them again. They need to take their authority back. And then, in my view, depending on what the rules are in given states, they need to pass the equivalent or something parallel to a joint resolution of the Republican House and the Republican Senate in the Assembly. And they need to state emphatically that these are the election laws that any attempt by other branches or other officials in this government to alter those rules are null and void by declaration of the state legislature under Article 2, Section 1, Clause 2. That's what needs to happen. And then if some lawyer says, well, you can't have a joint resolution without the governor signing it, well, in this case, you clearly can, because the authority doesn't come from the state constitution. The authority doesn't come from another branch of government within the state. It comes specifically from the federal constitution under Article 2. That, in addition to whatever else they do, they must do. Thank you for your call, my friend. We'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America, now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine, full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. Now listen to this headline over at Blaze Media. Amazon pulls Clarence Thomas documentary during Black History Month. So could this be true? By Phil Shiver. Director says Amazon stopped streaming the documentary without providing an explanation. Serving as just the latest example of big tech censorship, Amazon has pulled from its streaming. Now this is Friday, maybe they put it back, but nonetheless... A documentary about Justice Clarence Thomas, the only black Supreme Court justice, during Black History Month. See, all this talk about white supremacy, it's really about left-wing supremacy. That's what it really is. Viewers who attempt to watch the critically acclaimed documentary, Created Equal, Clarence Thomas in his own words, and we saw that, it was fantastic which aims to tell the story of Thomas's celebrated life truly and fully without cover-ups or distortions, have not been able to do so since early February. This video is currently unavailable to watch in your location. 
reads the message viewers are presented with upon selecting the title. The documentary was also being sold in DVD format on Amazon's website, but as of Friday afternoon, it was listed as currently unavailable. The film's producer and director, Michael Pack of Manifold Productions, Inc., informed the blaze the documentary was pulled from Amazon Prime Video on and around February 8th, meaning it has been unavailable for better part of Black History Month. This, I mean, does this not outrage you? Pack confirmed that Amazon stopped streaming the documentary at its own discretion and without providing an explanation. The Blaze reached out to Amazon's public relations department for comment but didn't receive a response in time for publication. Given the company's made significant efforts to celebrate black voices during Black History Month, and I might add, Black Lives Matter, one might think it would embrace the opportunity to stream a documentary about the country's only sitting black Supreme Court justice. But no. Why? Because he actually believes in what Abraham Lincoln believed in. He actually believes in liberty. He actually believes in equal justice. He actually believes in these things, which apparently are passe. So we have Black History Month, and then we have Amazon, the biggest monster of the bunch, censoring the biography, if you will, documentary of Clarence Thomas. And you hear outrage absolutely nowhere. Nowhere. Instead, we're surprised Kaepernick or some other reprobate. Amazon. Bezos. The Washington Post. Boy, it's ugly out there. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're in this together. At our national town hall meeting right here, every evening, same place, same time. Stick with us, and we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and every one of you patriotic Americans. God bless you. I'll see you tomorrow. Be well. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.